It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. We are continuing our road trip and today we are stopping in Kitchener in Canada to talk with Takira K. Charles. Takira is a teacher, blogger, anxiety coach and book author. Welcome Takira. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. And Takira, you grew up in the beautiful summertime and now you live in Canada. Can you share your childhood memories with our listeners? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, if you follow my blog, if, uh, if you want to read the details of my childhood, you can find it on my blog, of course, because I do write about womanhood in, uh, in the Caribbean. Um, but my childhood was gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, growing up on, on the island, I write about it as well. Um, that it is absolutely gorgeous. The, the environment, the sunny, warm weather, uh, the, the, the breeze, the, the oceans. Now being abroad, having been abroad for so long, actually one thing that I definitely want to do when I do visit St. Martin is to go to the beaches, right? Uh, just, uh, just to get the sun and the sand and the, the breeze and just that feeling of nostalgia. I'd love to have it. Yeah. I, I relate so much with you because I miss going to the beach. I miss <laughs> yeah. staying, you know, like doing nothing, just be there, like reading a book. And what do you miss the most about summertime? Oh, that would have to be my mommy and daddy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think I haven't, honestly, I haven't been there in over 10 years, right? So that's almost a decade. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just having because I'm I'm a mom now and and of course I have I would love for them to meet their grandson you know yeah. and yeah so what I think what I miss the most would have to be my 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 parents yeah and you also moved to Holland and lived there for 10 years so Takira was it easy to get adapted to the cold weather in Holland and also in Canada Oh, Holland or the Netherlands. Um, I think I moved there when I when I was 19. And I lived there indeed for over 10 years, I think. Yeah. And um, people always ask, <laughs> they're like, you came from St. Martin, sunny St. Martin, gorgeous beaches. Why in the world would you come to, to, to Holland to, to suffer in the cold and this gray, horrible weather? Um, I think after a while you make friends and you integrate and you, I worked as a teacher there and 
you you have wonderful colleagues and so you you kind of adapt and you integrate and you yeah you join yeah different culture <laughs> mm-hmm. and you become comfortable and I, I actually also met my husband in uh, the Netherlands so and he also came because I went to the Netherlands to study to further my education and he also came from Ghana to do that and so we met there and <laughs> we got married there and um, yeah and then now we're in Canada of course but we had a whole life in the Netherlands so nice so it meant to be yeah I think so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think so yeah <laughs> And Takira, when did you start writing poems and songs? Mm. Um, I think I have always um, written poems and songs and short stories. I remember the earliest memory I have, though, is probably around nine years old. I would write these short stories and I would invite everybody and I would be like, okay, come on, it's time for, <laughs> for my story. And I would read this out loud to them. Uh, and I think. Um, Probably way into my teen years as well, I, I considered, you know, writing as a career. I considered journalism. Um, yeah, so I've always, I've always been a writer, I think, at heart. <laughs> And um, it was only after uh, migrating and moving here and after uh, some very tragic events that I made writing uh, a priori. Yeah. Would you like to share a little bit about your first poem book, Magnificent to Hold, and how you came to write it? Yes. So I would love to. So, um, like I said, some very tragic events. So um, about two years ago in 2019, uh, I was pregnant with my first baby girl. I have a son, so uh, this would be our second uh, child. And I went in for a regular checkup and just a 20 week echo when, you know, you find out the gender of the baby. Uh, and there were some complications. They couldn't find the cervix. Um, and it appeared, it had appeared that I had already started dilating and we tried everything. They inserted a cerclage, which is a stitch on the inside to stop the dilation process. Uh, however, that didn't work of course. And um, I got an infection, I think two weeks in. And my water broke and I, and I gave birth to a 10 toed, 10, 10 <laughs> finger, gorgeous little baby girl. Uh, but of course she was too, too little. And so they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't save her. And so I went into a very shockingly um, depressing and very anxious, anxiety ridden, uh, grieving uh, process or period. And uh, it was very difficult. It was very hard picking things back up, very hard. Uh, I couldn't imagine going back to teaching because I was a teacher. Uh, and I just, everything had come to a standstill. And I remember talking to my husband and I said, I think it is time for us to get out of here. <laughs> let's, let's, let's migrate. And so we did that. And I ended up in Canada uh, with my family and COVID hit. And it was very, um, yeah, it was very hard to even go out and make friends because yeah yeah there were lockdowns um and I was actually working on a different book and I decided to um but I was having a really hard time and I remember 
that I was having one of the the most horrible days <laughs> that I can remember. And I decided to just to get away from everyone in the house and my son and my husband. <laughs> and I went into this little closet that I had and uh, I kept two little boxes with my daughter's fingerprints. So my daughter's name was Grace. And so Grace's fingerprints and her footprints. And I sat there and I wept and I just, I wept and I wept and I, and I couldn't stop crying because it was just so sad. It was this horrible thing had happened. I mean, I in never in a million years would I have thought that this could happen to us. Right. And so I sat there and I, and I wept and, um, I found this letter that I had written to, to Grace actually earlier. And I read that and it just, it, it just made me cry all the more. And I thought, you know what? I grabbed my phone and, um, and I wrote my first poem and the poem is called brevity. It's in my book, magnificent to hold. And it, it speaks about the, the short period of time that I got to hold her. Um, but also there was something about the letter that I had found as well, that was kind of, inciting this this little bit of hope in me that you know maybe someday we'll meet again and so that is in my poem so my poems are, are really about yes the grieving process and yes the ugly emotions and yes that it's difficult but there's always this this little bit of hope right uh and um and i think the goal of the book is also uh in encouraging women to who have been through something similar uh that they don't have to shy away from those emotions you know even though it's a very uncomfortable topic and it's a very horrific thing that can happen to any woman and it happens because one in four women they they go through this right uh that that those emotions are okay and they get to be fine we get to define as women uh how we want to see our experience how we want to define our loss and no one can decide it for us not society uh, no religious institution no friend no family because it's a very intimate grieving process uh so yeah so that's how i <laughs> so after that, I wrote my first poem, and then I just every time I would feel overwhelmed, I would write a poem, uh, and that's how I basically coped uh, during you know the loss and COVID and everything. Um, and I remember, I think my husband or a friend read one of my poems, and I decided, you know, I think, and he he was he said, oh wow, this is very beautiful. And I remember talking to psychologists in the past, and they said women experience you know, all of these emotions, everything that I'm experiencing, you know, feeling like you're going insane, they're experiencing these things. And I remember saying to myself, I said, I want them to know that they're not alone. I want to join, you know, add my voice to, you know, other women out there who are going through these things and who have dared to be so bold, you know, to, to, to share this experience, because it is a very, like I said, intimately, you know, uh, uncomfortable uh, topic. Um, and grieving process so so yeah so that's my journey <laughs> so out of something very traumatic and very you know um, uncomfortable came this beautiful book of poems that I I love and I still go through it and I read it now and again <laughs> um, that I hope inspires uh, other women and families of course who are grief I'm pretty sure that this book is dedicated to grace yeah uh, it is you know, I, I thought about it because I am I'm such a busy bee. I'm working on a lot of different books and um, uh, and also some children's books. Um, and I have one that I will specifically dedicate to Grace because she she inspired uh, 
you know, just being able to to, to feel, you know, the girl, the growth and the birth of of a baby, you know, regardless, even though we couldn't keep her, I think she birthed even in her loss. She even in losing her, I think she birthed um, the writer in me. She she kind of pushed me to to step into what I knew that I always wanted to be doing. So there's a specific book I'm working on that is <laughs> that is for her only, and this one is actually dedicated to Magnificent to Hold. is dedicated to uh, my husband and my son, uh, because I don't think um, it wasn't easy, but I think just having them there and knowing that we all shared in in the grief uh, also helped, you know. And I, I call them huggles. My son gives amazing huggles. Those are hugs and cuddles. <laughs> and so I think he has like the best you know, just the best little arms to, to hold me <laughs> sometimes and uh, well, all the time. Uh, so I think I, so I know for a fact that, um, that dedicating this book to them was, was what I had to do yeah, for this first book. Yeah. Yeah. And Takira, um, you are also an anxiety quote and yes something that I have struggled with anxiety mm. for many yeah. years Me too. due, due mm -hmm. to my thyroid problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And since I was diagnosed with Hashimoto disease, I had mm. many, many episodes of panic attacks. And it caused yeah. me to have fear of doing simple things, Takira, like mm -hmm. eating out and going to a movie. Yeah. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. So I would like to know, how do you coach someone with anxiety? Well, you know, um, interestingly enough, um, I train. I, I trained as an anxiety coach, and I would organize these trainings. I would do individual sessions, and I would do group sessions as a as a student anxiety coach. Um, and of course, you would focus on the theory and you know and the things that you've learned. But it was only until I had lost grace that I was actually suffering from anxiety and panic attacks that I could kind of put two and two together and. And understand fully um, from both sides, you know, what it meant to have anxiety and what it meant uh, to actually have anxiety training. Uh, and it was that it was having that knowledge that helped me through that anxiety period, uh, especially the panic attacks. I think one thing uh, that we all need to know, because everybody experiences fear, uh, and that fear or anxiety is a very normal thing, 
right? It's if you look back, you know, historically, or if you look right now, actually, fear is something that causes adrenaline to to rush, you know, through our bodies, and it's a way of helping us to 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 protect ourselves or to save ourselves from danger. Uh, so fear, the normal type of fear, you know, that everyone experiences, that is perfectly normal. It's a part of who we are. Uh, what happens? when we talk about the negative fear, the one that you're talking about, the one that, um, you know, we're afraid to do the simple things in life. Like I was afraid to go to the grocery store. I was afraid to, you know, I felt like everybody was looking at me. And uh, when it comes to that kind of fear, uh, it's usually because of a negative association, a traumatic something. And it oftentimes has to do with our thinking patterns, right? And so very simply put, it's not as easy or simple as I'm going to say. Uh, if you control the thoughts, <laughs> you know, then you can, you can control the level of anxiety. Um, and this is a process in itself. It's not like I'm going to tell someone or even with my students, I wasn't like, you know what, just think good thoughts and we'll go away. No, it's not that simple. Uh, but it's a, it's a process. It's a step-by-step daily type of uh, um, training of the mind. And uh, there's also a poem actually that I wrote about climbing. And it says, uh, climbing is an acquired taste because it's it reeks of, of, of sweat <laughs> and it tastes of blood because, but what's needed in order to climb is hope, right? Hope that, or something new that you're going to see. And so um, it is a process and it is one that is not an easy process to overcome anxiety or to overcome fear, but it doesn't mean that it's unattainable. It just means that every day, step by step, little by little, I'm going to choose to reprogram my thinking. And it is also something that um, a psychologist told me was that um, it is also, especially after a traumatic event, it is normal to feel that level of anxiety and fear. And it's, it's triggered by the, the, lose of, the loss of control, basically. You can't control what's happening to you. You can't control uh, the thyroid, the diagnosis. It just happened to you. And so all sense of you know, control and sense of I can determine how my life goes. And it's kind of like we're left naked and exposed. And that's what brings on the anxiety. Um, but I chose every day, I chose little by little to grieve how I needed to and to be to let all the ugly things out. And then when I felt a little bit better, I chose to, um, to not let the thoughts of fear and the sense of loss overwhelm me in the beautiful moments I take mental snapshots of my day whether it's a little smile a genuine smile from my son or it's um, a beautiful sunset or um, I cooked a yummy meal and look how pretty it is you know I try to take yeah I try to live in that moment and I try to take those mental snapshots and say you know what this is beautiful and I'm gonna enjoy this moment right now and I'm not gonna let those thoughts invade and uh and cause me to shut down basically. So yeah, so it's a process. That's my advice. Be go easy on yourself. It's a process. Uh, and you'll get there. And don't be afraid to seek professional help. You don't have to do it on your own. Yeah, I, I was also going to say that join a support group, it's important. Yes, so important. Yeah, you don't have to do it alone. And as I said, grieving process takes time. Definitely, yeah healing happens gradually and as you said you take a snapshot yeah mental snapshots yeah <laughs> live in the moment day by day the yeah moment. definitely 
And also, Takira, I was checking your website and I saw your series, Womanhood in a Caribbean Ghetto. Yes. <laughs> I am enjoying it. And I see that you write about dating, marriage, and of course, love. Yes. And there is an article that especially caught my attention. And you write, do we really decide who we fall in love with? <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, I believe we unconsciously do. But yeah. I hear from you. What is your opinion about it? Wow. Um, well, I like I said, I write about so many different things having to do with womanhood and love and relationships and the messiness of it. Um, uh, my blog is about, you know, no real life experience is off limits. So nothing is untouchable. And I share a lot about my own personal uh, experiences. I am in no way um, telling people how to what to believe in and how to go about it but my personal opinion uh, i think we i think we are attracted to like the subconscious i don't think we're always aware of you know oh i love this person or oh i've fallen in love but i think there's a subconscious thing that i agree with you that is happening and we're attracted to you know what we see or how they speak or you know even maybe how they smell uh there's something that attracts us to this potential partner um and then it's up to us to kind of decide you know do i want to see where this goes um so it's a yes and a no it's we do decide if we give them the chance i think then we've made kind of our decision you know uh -huh. uh, but i think there are a lot of different potential partners out there uh, people that we're attracted to uh but i will say that uh not everyone that you're attracted to is a good partner so. Exactly. <laughs> so, no. so beware <laughs> attraction doesn't mean you know happy <laughs> life happy marriage so something's got to give and you have to work at it and yeah. i chose a quote for you okay so this quote is from paulo coelho which is a brazilian author okay <laughs> and he says never we never lose our loved ones Oh, they wow. accompany us. They don't disappear from our lives. We are merely in different rooms. Do you mm. agree with it? I think it is a very beautiful quote. And I believe, I believe that, um, that we will always carry, well, for my, for our, uh, in our case, that we always carry the memory of our, of our little race with us. Um, and now that my son is older, I also, I tell him stories. I tell him stories of when she was in my belly and, uh, and he knows her name and he says, oh, baby Grace. And he loves the stories about her. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so again, I think, and I, I believe that I also have a poem that, that, uh, that says that I hope that we'll meet. So I, I believe that, you know, that we are made of body, soul, and spirit and that her spirit couldn't be here on earth because her body couldn't be here on earth. And so I do believe that, yeah, that she's, that someday maybe we'll meet and I'll say, hey, <laughs> you know, I, I got to carry you for, for a little bit, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful quote. And um, 
And again, for the, for those women who may be going through something similar, uh, it was really up to them to decide, you know, what and how they want to see that experience. Um, yeah, they should go through the go through the the motions of the grieving process, and eventually they'll they'll come to a place of whatever acceptance looks like looks like to them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and your <laughs> words were beautiful as well. Ah, thank you. And Takira, are you working on anything at the present you would like to share? For I am a busy bee. I've always been that way. Uh, maybe it's Holland. I don't know, but I'm always working on something. Um, and I love this phase of my life because I, I, I am so blessed to be able to work on my writing. So apart from the, the blog, uh, I am working on, like I said, uh, my children's books and also on young adult fiction and um, also Womanhood in the Caribbean Ghetto. That is going to be, there's going to be an uncut version of that in, in book, storybook form. So I'm very excited, <laughs> very excited about that project. <laughs> um, so, so I skip, I'm, I try as much as possible to protect the identities of the people that I'm writing about or sharing the stories with and I also um I leave out a lot because a lot happened uh growing up uh, and I just I want to to put everything in there <laughs> as for the readers and those who kind of following the journey of womanhood in the Caribbean ghetto for them to kind of be able to get the full experience of those stories and that narrative uh, so I'm working on that and uh so two books this year and next year, I think three books. So I'm busy just working, working. Wow. How do you yeah. have time to do all of um, Well, I'm hoping my son is three. He starts school <laughs> when he turns four. So I'm really hoping that, um, that I'll have even more time when he starts school. And I'm a stay-at-home mom as well, right? So I write as much as I can. I write three days in the week. Uh, and I'm a teacher. I will never stop being a teacher. Um, I don't teach in a, in a school anymore, but I make sure that my son has lessons. And I know some people might find it a little bit, you know, let him play. And he plays. <laughs> but there is, there is also uh, there are also moments for lessons, ABCs and counting. And uh, so I do that. Um, and like I said, I love the phase. It's a very busy one. It can be it was very difficult when I was grieving. Um, but like I said, there's a little bit more hope, a little more peace now. I got to give everything a place. And so now perhaps I'm just as much as a firecracker as my little son. <laughs> He's all over the place. Maybe I'm also just running the race and all over the place right now. But um, I'm hoping that whatever I produce, whatever I write, whatever I publish, that it can be yeah, inspirational and that yeah, people can identify with what I'm saying and that people can find hope in uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, finding hope is, is the word I was thinking about. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, Takira, you will be able to inspire many people. Oh, thank you so much. Sure. <laughs> thank you so much. And tell our listeners where they can find you. For now, I have... My blog, like I said, that I publish all different topics on there. Uh, TakiraQCharles.com. It's an author blog, so uh, it's mainly just uh, promoting uh, the books and finding information about the, the books that are uh, upcoming. 
and also short stories like Womanhood in the Caribbean Ghetto and just a lot of different topics. Uh, so you can find me there. You can reach out to me there. You can leave a comment or not, or just message me privately. That's also fine. Uh, and I'm also more active on Facebook. I also have Pinterest, uh, but Facebook mainly. And uh, that's author Takira uh, Q. Charles as well. Right? Excellent. And Takira, was such a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much for inviting me and for having me on your show. You are also doing so many amazing things. And are, you are also really an inspiration. So thank you for, for being you, for doing thank what you're doing. Oh, yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.